All right, everyone, good morning. And good morning to those at home who are much party warmer than we were getting to our cars this morning. Um, I'm from Georgia. I'm still, after almost being in the Northeast for, I don't know, 15 years now, I'm still not used to this. Well, we are closing out our mission and vision uh, sermon series today. And we will be starting a new sermon series uh, next week that we'll be continuing on to Easter and even on to um, Pentecost in June. Um, It will be about the kingdom of God. And um, I'm really excited about that. You'll be hearing more about that in the coming weeks. But today we are closing out um, on this Mission and Vision series. We're talking about what it means to be a healthy church. And we're going to be talking about generosity this morning. Um, I don't think I've ever spoken about generosity or things like money since I've been here, Um, and it's not going to be a sermon that you would expect, okay? I grew up in the church. I've heard a lot of sermons um, uh, in reference to things like money and generosity, and I've always felt like, uh, at least in my experience, things have been lacking, because what we're going to look at this morning is that generosity is not something that you do when you write a check to a church. That's maybe part of it. It's not something that you do when you make a donation online to us. It's certainly a part of it, but generosity, if we understand it from the scriptures, it's a way of life that is stemmed from knowing the good news of Jesus Christ. It's how one lives because of the generosity that we have received from God the Father through his Son, Jesus Christ, by his Holy Spirit, through the giving of his Son to us. He has freed us to be content with little so that we may be generous in much. And so that's what we're going to be looking at this morning, is generosity. And also for the first time, I'm using slides. Now, slides freak me out for a couple of reasons, is I get stressed out as if I'm going to miss a slide. So I'll just do the best I can up there. Thank you, Marsha. So if you see something I'm not saying up there, then it's probably because I skipped it or I don't know. But I know that uh, many of you have requested that you use slides. I know it's helpful. So we're going to give it a shot and uh, see what happens with that this morning. So um, if you have Bibles, uh, turn to, well, all of you do, there's red ones in front of you in the pews. Page 1147, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 is where we're going to be spending our time this morning. The context of this passage, as we talk about generosity, is that there was a famine happening in, um, in the, the Jerusalem church. They were struggling. Uh, they didn't have a lot of food, not a lot of money. It was a harsh time over there. Paul is out in um, the uh, Asia Minor section. He's planting churches. The church is growing to the, the Gentile, the non-Jewish community. And he says, guys, the Christians, your brothers and sisters in Jerusalem, they're struggling. They need help um, from you guys. So he's been traveling around to these churches. He's been writing some letters for various purposes. But one of the reasons why he's been traveling around Um, at this stage in his missionary journeys is to gather funds, gather donations from these churches to go and to bring to their um, brothers and sisters in Jerusalem to relieve them. Now, as he does so, he goes into one of the lengthier um, uh, uh, sections when he unpacks generosity, uh, biblical generosity that, that is really stemmed from the gospel. 
So that's the context. We're jumping in kind of halfway through the chapter um, in verse 6. But a little roadmap this morning. Uh, We're going to be talking about three things primarily and other things not three, there's like seven or eight, but whatever. The three main things that will kind of make sense is number one, the heart of generosity. We'll look at that. Number two, what we should expect to happen to us when we are generous, when we do give. And three, what happens to others when we are generous. And so we're going to work through that this morning. All right, so the first point, look at the heart of generosity. A healthy church is a generous church. That's kind of the name of the sermon this morning. A healthy church is a generous church. So the first point, let's look at the heart of generosity, which is to cheerfully give. Verse 6, here's what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. This is the word of the Lord. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. He, he hops around some various thoughts here. His first point in verse 6, we're going to unpack uh, uh, throughout, off and on throughout our sermon this morning, um, arguing that God blesses our generosity with giving us more resources, but not for our own selfish gain, as Paul is going to point out. When we are generous and we're blessed with more because of our generosity, that, that, that uh, uh, sowing that we're doing that, that reaps, right, the harvest, as, as Paul said, that the, the generous reaping that happens when we are generous, it's all given to us that we may be more generous. Not that we may have more ourself, Right? But if, if God blesses our generosity with more, as we're going to see, the whole idea is that we are then even more generous to those around us. But we're going to see more of that. Um, verse 7, though, is what I want to focus on right now. Is uh, It really describes the heart of Christian generosity, of gospel-fueled generosity. Um, Verse 7, each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. I want to just kind of break down some myths. If you spent any time in church in your life, I know many of you in this room have, there, there are some myths, I think, about Christian generosity. I want to kind of break down here. The idea of a tithe to a church, the, world, the word literally means tenth. Tithe is tenth or 10% of your income um, it's just not found in the New Testament, all right? Uh, I won't have time to go into the, in the Hebrew scriptures, all the various teachings on tithing, but it's not exactly found in the idea of getting 10% of your money to your church. It's not a Bible verse. I hate to say it. It's not really exactly there. Rather, what we do find is generosity is much more than just giving to your church, as we're going to talk about plenty this morning. But what we do find are verses like this. This says, Pray about how much you want to give. In this context, Paul's talking about a gift to their struggling brothers and sisters in Jerusalem. He says, consider what, what, how much you would like to give here, right? Consider that. And I you know, urge you, like, pray. If an opportunity to be generous is, uh, presents itself, um, when you consider your giving to your church, don't just come up with a stagnant number. Like, consider, Lord, what would you have me 
give. To give a law approach to our generosity, if you want to talk about in the terms of church giving, that it has to be 10%, I believe that's restricting the work of Christ in your life concerning generosity. Maybe 10% would be a real struggle for some of you. And maybe a 5% giving um, of your general income would be a very generous stretch for you. And again, the amount is not what I'm concerned about, what the Bible is not really concerned about. It's not the amount, it's about the attitude of the heart. And to consider how much God would have you to give after praying and considering that. There's a, a beautiful story that um, Jesus, I imagine, in the context here, is just kind of in the temple walking around and he sees something because he's the son of God. He has knowledge here about what is really going on. And this is what the story looks like in Luke chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. As he looked up, Jesus saw the rich putting in their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. I tell you the truth, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all of the others. All of these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had to live on. That amount for her was so costly, we can assume, right, she felt driven to do so because of its cost was so high for her. It was a small amount, but her heart was worshipful. It was generous, much more than the people who had an abundance and gave in big gifts, but really their hearts were not uh, looking for, uh, it wasn't a worshipful spirit that led them to do so. We don't really know their hearts, but presumably they could have even given more, but this widow gave more than them because of the costs that it was. So amounts aren't really what we're looking at, this amount or that amount, right? Um, This continues on in in Paul's thinking here. In verses 8 through 9, he continues on. He says this, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. If you are generous, according to the leading of the Spirit, you'll find joy. You'll tap into joy. There's a lot of joy to be found in generosity. Um, it's, it's, uh, Acts 20, verse 35, it is more blessed to give than to receive. God then responds to your generosity by even more grace in your life. Part of that grace according to verses 8 and 9 there, is kind of paying attention and, and realizing, like, I, I have what I need. My, my needs are met, right? And finding contentment with that reality. And then out of that will flow every good work. And, and Paul goes into uh, Psalms 112. He shows that part of our spiritual growth, the Bible uses that fancy word, righteousness, um, it, it, you just think of the word rightness. That's what righteousness really is referring to, rightness. Um, part of that righteousness, that, that growth that we have as Christians into Christ is indeed generosity. 
God gives so much to some in order that they may then distribute to those who are in need. Psalm 112 is just unpacking that righteous person. Generosity plays a big piece of that righteous person's life. To grow in our mirroring of Jesus Christ, the true human who truly was in the image of God, cheerful, spirit-led generosity, it will mark that person. Paul continues on this topic of the spiritual rightness, righteousness that we will cultivate when we are generous because that's what happens when we are, uh, when we are generous, when we are giving, um, it, we are cultivating our own image, that reality that we are in Christ, that reality in our salvation, that we are in his body. We are cultivating that reality and it's growing us into deeper spiritual maturity. It leads us to my second point, Um, which is the self, it's generosity leads to blessing and to the cultivation of righteousness, of rightness in our life. Verse 10, Paul continues on. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you... Pay attention. You'll be made rich in every way. Why? So that you can be generous on every occasion. People like the prosperity. Anyone, if you heard of the prosperity gospel, the idea that God wants you to be rich, and we'll get into that, but it looks like if he does pour out blessing on you, it's not for you. That's what Paul is saying. It's, it's not for you, right? It's for those who are in need. That's why he's pouring that out on you. We'll get to that. You'll be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Beautiful stuff. Earlier, as Paul mentioned, our awareness when we have what we need, he goes farther and says this, for those who are generous, using seeds and food as an analogy, God will increase the store of seed and enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. There's two different blessings going on here that are mentioned. God will increase your resources, he says, the seed. And in the process of increasing that, those resources, you'll also be increasing uh, your righteousness, the harvest of your righteousness. There's a physical manifestation of the blessing and a spiritual one happening as well. There are many verses that point to God blessing the generous with more. But again, we have to be careful. So many teachers out there talk about this and say, well, if you just give so much money to this or that, to the church, or whatever, God's just going to give you twice as much back. That's what people, you can hear that kind of preaching, especially on TV, televangelists. Please beware of that kind of teaching, all right? Beware of that kind of teaching. It is not reflective of the heart of generosity because a heart of generosity has nothing to do with you. It's not about what you get out of it. It's about what God, the glory of God that comes out of it and about the, the needs of those around you being met. That's why if you receive any blessing from God, it is for that purpose. And it's so important. So many people teach false gospels about these things. We have to read the Bible carefully and see the heart of it. So God, yes, if he blesses you with more, it is not to say, um, you know, I really just want to give to God so I can get more, so I can receive more blessing from him. He will bless you with generosity, with more, in order that you can be generous on every occasion. 
right? Sometimes I, you know, I wonder if, if I had more resources. Like, my, my, you know, my kids saw a, um, a lottery billboard recently, and they're like, what is that, you know? And I was like, oh, you, you know, put it in the dollar, and you might win 700 million or something like that. And, like, I would be terrified if I put it in the dollar and walked away with hundreds of millions of dollars. Like, I would probably, I don't know. I don't want that much money. I don't trust myself for that much money. I surely hope that I would be a generous person if I just, that money just fell on my lap, but I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would trust myself for that, right? But I, I, I surely hope that I can, you know, uh, that I would be generous, right, with my money because we know the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil and it's one of the most corrupting things um, when, when people or churches or institutions get so wrapped up in money, 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 money. The idea of money is that you can be generous, friends, that you have what you need and be content with that so you can then be generous. That's the idea of the gospel. He supplied all that you need, Philippians 4, with food and clothing you shall be content. And then the excess we see in the early church was that when there's a need among them, it was filled because people realize I have what I need, the stuff that I don't need. Who is in need out there? I'm going to give and to be generous. And that was the spirit of the early church, Right? Um, there's a famous uh, passage in the Old Testament that talk, I won't read the whole thing in the, in the book of Malachi that, that actually talks about this. It talks about the idea of a, a certain sta- a stage in the life of Israel where they were not um, within the temple system giving their dues to the temple in Malachi 3. Um, in verse 8, it says, well, will man rob God, yet you are robbing me. But you will say, how have you robbed you in your tithes and contributions, says the Lord. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need." I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. And pay attention to verse 12. People don't pay attention to this verse. Then all nations will call you blessed for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. People take that passage and take what I'm teaching and apply it to like the individual and says, God wants to make you rich. Just put him to the test, will make you rich. The, 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 the result of that blessing that God was promising was that the land would be a place of delight. Now, who lives in the land? Just you? Or, you know, if you were alive in those days? No, it was a whole community of Israel. If you look into the, how the, the, the law of Moses in the, in the Hebrew Scriptures is written, um, there were intentional systems set up to where they did not want to have the poor among them, that the poor would be cared for. So the idea of the blessing that would come onto the land was that, guys, nobody's going to be in need if you are a generous nation. There's not going to be a need in here, right? Not that necessarily there'd be somebody that's super wealthy, but the idea is that those who are given much will then be generous towards those who do not. And that is biblical generosity, friends. It is a way of life. It is a way of life. Again, if loving God and loving our neighbor is kind of the, the fulfillment of the Bible, we see how generosity then lines up with that, right? And Paul, he intersperses this. He says, if, 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 if we're um, uh, uh, giving, people will be in thanksgiving to God. They'll give glory to God, love God. And those who are benefiting from my generosity, my neighbor. You see how generosity fulfills 
the great commandment right there. Um, indeed, as, as, as generosity happens, according to this biblical mandate, if it's done rightly, people will see God in you. And they will give thanks to God for your generosity. And that's the result of point number three that will be behind me here, that our generosity will only point others to God. They won't thank you for your generosity, but rather they will thank God for his generosity through you. Verse 12 goes further. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourself, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing, surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Verse 13 is so key here. Why are we generous? Where does it come from? As we stated from the beginning, it comes from knowing Jesus. It comes from the good news of Jesus, receiving salvation in him. Generosity accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. It just goes hand in hand with it. Like if you really know the, the grace of God and the good news of the gospel, you will be living a life of generosity towards those around you. You just, you will be. And if you're not, the question is not, you should be more generous. The question is, what do you not understand or see about the gospel? You're missing something in the good news of Jesus if generosity is missing in your life. There's a gospel issue if we are lacking in our generosity. Romans 8.32 says this, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. That's the generosity of God, his own son giving for our salvation. Paul says, but God has even stopped there with his generosity. He says this, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? There's something important to understand about the love of God right? Because I'm trying to, to, to broaden your horizons when you think about the, the notion of generosity. God is love. We talked about this so many times. It's such an amazing thing. I can't not talk about it. He is a self-giving God because he is God, because he is a God of love. He gives. I love giving to my wife, whether it's my time, my energy, or gifts, or support, because love gives. If I say I love her but never give anything for her or never show it in any single way to her, never help her, never get her gifts on her birthday or anything like that, but I say I do love her, you'd be like, well, well I don't see love. I hear you, but I'm not seeing it, right? Because love by nature is self-giving, now, hopefully you see the healthy gospel-centered heart of biblical generosity, of biblical giving. Much more could be said, I know. I want to look at a couple of more things here at the end of unhealthy ways to think about uh, uh, generosity, unhealthy ways to think about giving in your life. 
Now, again, if you grew up in church, this kind of language may make sense to you. I'm going to kind of hopefully free you from this. I think we can be free from this. In terms of generosity towards the local church, towards the institution of, you know, this church, um, unhealthy ways to give is giving as if tithing, that idea of a tenth, 10%, as if it is a law from God that he commands you to do. I've heard a lot of sermons like that. It's amazing how we talk about the gospel is just full of grace, 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 but tithing, suddenly it's a command. You have to do that. So it's not the spirit of, you know, it's not the spirit of, 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 of things here. We, we, we talked about it earlier. When you give offerings to the church and your goal is to give 10%, and you do, and you're just like, I'm done. I'm giving 10%. I'll stop there. You mark that box. Your good deed, your good work is done. You're moving on. Um, that's not the spirit of what we have been looking at this morning, right? If you think that lets you off the hook from having to not think about generosity anymore, um, if you've been listening, generosity comes out of spiritual maturity. If you grow in Christ, your desire for generosity should also grow. Um, if you treat it as a law, you will, in effect, potentially harden your hearts towards further spiritual maturity. One, I won't name his name, but one very famous Christian author, um, it became known that uh, this guy's written tens of millions, uh, well, no, he's, he's sold tens of millions of copies of his books, right? So he could be just rolling in the dough, if we say. But he lives on all, he's a pastor of the church. He, he only lives on 10% of his income and gives 90% away. Now, we don't look at that and think like, oh, look at his example. He's so pious. There's no way I can live on 10% of my income. Most people cannot, right? Um, we, we know that. But the, the idea is that he was free, he was free in Christ to say, how much, Lord? Wow, you really blessed me. Like, I, I'm blessed than 99.9% of people. I'm more blessed than I'm sure. Uh, what would you have me do, Lord? And he was free to give more than that 10%. And so the, the heart of this then is to be open, to say, Lord, how much would you have me to be generous to? And that's just in terms of the church. We get to generosity that is very much found outside of just giving to the church. But the second part about um, an unhealthy uh, way to approach uh, generosity is uh, to give a set amount that you're generous with and never pray about it. And I see this lacking so much, right? Here's a certain percentage you want to be generous with. If you're a Christian member of a church, here's a percentage. If you get there, you're good. No, I don't think so. I don't think that's what Paul was saying, right? Hey, guys, I need a certain percentage. As long as you get there, um, then once you get there, you're good. And he says, like, consider, like, decide, like, what, what, how much? Like, have you, when's the last time that you had an opportunity to be generous? And instead of just a certain amount, you know, or whatever that you're accustomed to giving, you said, Lord, how much? How much would you have me give? And you then may finish praying, say, I don't, there's, no, that doesn't make any sense, Lord. What? And he would say, trust me right? And I bet that you'll be surprised what happens. But when's the last time you prayed about how much that you should be generous with instead of just looking at a set amount? Um, our final uh, unhealthy giving, there's so many things I want to say, but we'll just, I got to keep moving. Um, our final unhealthy uh, way that we can give is to restrict your generosity to this church. I hope that if you're a member here and you give here, uh, of course, yeah, thank you for your obedience there, but I hope that your generosity is not restricted here. I hope that the money 
if you look at the, the, the money side of generosity, it's not just happening here that you're giving, that you are pursuing a lifestyle of generosity that when a need, whether it's a family, a friend, or a neighbor, some other institution, also crosses your path, that you're living such a, a, a lifestyle of generosity coming from the gospel that you're also even giving above and beyond outside of this church. If that's you this morning, you're only giving uh, in generosity to this church. I want to pray that God provides more opportunities for you to be generous. And he will, friends. He will. And I pray that you'll be challenged by that. Um, So as we uh, looked at some unhealthy ways, I want to close with some biblical ways to be generous. And And I hope these excite you. Like, let's be honest, like money is an, it can be an awkward topic to talk about. Um, and it, it can be an uncomfortable one because let's just, uh, we in America, we love our money. We probably love it too much, right? We really do. Um, what I'm preaching here and what, what I'm trying to show from the scriptures is to free yourself from the love of money and free yourself in the gospel. For the gospel sets you free in Christ, Galatians 5, verse 1. Be, be free from those things and learn to be content and say, Lord, how can I use the blessings and excess in my life for the advancement and furthering of your kingdom to help those around me? That's what I pray is being stirred. And I pray it's, there's some kind of level of excitement that says, Lord, yeah, I could be doing more here. And the other side of that is going to be deeper joy, deeper uh, uh, cheerfulness, a deeper uh, wells and reservoirs of joy that you've never experienced, and potentially even God usually seems in the habit of providing more resources for you to then further give to find even further joy in light of that. And so here's some, some biblical ways that we can be generous with our money. This passage as a whole in 2 Corinthians was about churches being generous to one another. There should not be a single person in our congregation that has a legitimate need, something like food, clothing, that we as a church are not meeting. Like if that's you and you're legitimately that person who is in need and you're shy about sharing that, you're shy about reaching out for help, please don't be, right? Because the way this whole body of Christ thing works, look at Acts 2, Acts 4, There was not anyone in need in the early church because they were all caring for one another. Paul was urging these early Christians to go care for Christians they never even met and probably never would meet because there was no trains or airplanes. You walked everywhere in those days, right? Jerusalem into where Corinth was, that was a very far walk that most people didn't take. This gift was for people they would never see or hear about, you know, person to person. But they were still called to give to them, their fellow Christians. Let's be a generous church to one another in this room. Number two, be generous to your church. And this is an awkward thing to talk about because I'm employed by the church, but there's biblical verses, 1 Timothy 5, about you know the reality of, of, of ministers in my shoes. I don't earn money, right? My I First uh, Corinthians 9 talks about those who preach the gospel, make their living from the gospel. Um, I'm thankful for my wages. I'm super grateful for them. I'm also convinced that they should be capped at whatever the average living household wage is for our area. 
Um, I don't know. I want to be uh, raking in the dough when most people, you know, live over here. I'm high living over here. No, I, I'm, I'm here to serve as, a, uh, as, as an ambassador of the gospel on behalf of the gospel here in Wilmington. And, you know, but I, I do make my living from the gospel. We have assets here. We have facilities here. We have uh, resources that cost money to run. We have ministries. We have outreaches. We support ministries overseas. All those things as well do cost money as they have for thousands of years. Um, and it's a very biblical thing to be generous towards your church. And last, but especially not least, a biblical way to give is um, 1 John three seventeen through 18 says, but if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. So friends, I preach this because again, mission and vision, what is a healthy church? I want this church to be healthy. Um, in every way, right? I want to be healthy in every way. And generosity is a topic that we, as a church, um, we must be healthy in. It must be representing our belief in the good news of Jesus. And so as I asked the question at the very beginning, I'll ask it again. Has the gospel fueled you to be a generous person? Does your family know you as a generous person who is there with a hot meal whenever there's a need? Right? Or are you known as being stingy with your stuff? And there's a need, and you're the last person to raise your hand as you wait for everybody else to raise theirs, and you're the last one. Are you, what is your reputation like amongst your family and friends for your own generosity? If there is a need, are you one of the first people that people go to? Because they know, you know, that person, they're known for their generosity. I'm going to go to them. I'm going to ask them. Right? These are questions that I'm asking you because... True spiritual formation is found in our day-to-day, hour-to-hour way that we live. We can talk one thing. As he said, don't just speak, right? Don't just love in word, but also in deed and in truth. I want you guys to be generous because there are spiritual blessings and a harvest of righteousness for you. So as your pastor, I want that for you. I want you to cultivate a harvest of righteousness in your own life. And so are you a generous person? Has uh, generosity characterized you? So I'm gonna, as we close today, as usual, I'm going to call the worship team to come up here. We're going to have a time of prayer. Um, and I, I, I want you to respond this morning. Maybe it's just you sitting here praying in response. Um, but the prayer I want to be on your heart and mind this morning is this. Lord, am I a generous person? And some of you are. I'm not assuming you're not. Some of you, I don't see like numbers here. And I, but I do know some of you, I hear stories of just how generous some of you are to others in this church and how one of you went over there and did this for this person and, you know, provided this. And I hear those stories. So we are a generous church, and I'm just super grateful for that. But my question still is for you sitting here to to ask that. Lord, like, help me to understand my own heart. Are there walls of resistance, resistance built up when opportunities of generosity come, right? Um, do I think of reasons to not be generous before I respond with generosity? Am I the person who likes to come up with this excuse and that excuse? And well, this is coming up, but I got to be doing this, so I can't really give that much to help this person. But I'm just going to give a little bit um, instead of stopping and praying, 
right? Um, all these kinds of things I want for you to spend a few minutes dwelling on and to be thinking on. And I challenge you, I absolutely challenge you, for, for your own growth as a Christian, for the gospel's work inside of you, I want you to pray, Lord, give me an opportunity to be generous this week with time, with my money, with my efforts. Give me an opportunity to be generous this week. Um, and I pray, pray, pray this, like, Lord, make it be one that's going to be really costly for me, that may really just hurt, right, like that widow's might. Like, it may just be really hard for me. But, Lord, may my faith increase that I can be content with what I have and trust that you will continue to provide. And, Lord, help me to learn to cultivate that harvest of righteousness that comes from me living out a generous lifestyle. So let me pray for you guys, and we'll, um, we'll sing a last song. And as we're singing, sit at your chairs. Uh, you can come up for prayer as well after the song if you'd like to be prayed for. So uh, let me pray. Jesus, we, we thank you for the good news of your life, of your death, of your resurrection that has provided our salvation. Lord, we are your image bearers. We are your children, your sons, and your daughters. You want us to be in your image. And Lord, we want this church to be healthy in 2022, as we've been talking about for weeks now. And Lord, in this area, Lord, I, I, I pray, Lord, Holy Spirit, challenge us. Would you grow us in our generosity, Lord? That if, our, if there are those walls of resistance, and right now, if there's somebody even in this room and that, that wall is just very vividly there and they're just kind of squirming in their chairs, not really comfortable with this conversation, Lord, will you, will you break those walls down, Lord? Will you break those walls down that they may be generous just as you have been generous to us, Lord? May out of our generosity in this church, may glory be brought to your name. May the needs even around us uh, in our neighbors and in the city, Lord, as we have even opportunities to serve uh, th those in need in the city coming up, may we be quick to be generous, Lord. Um, may ministries that are expanding the gospel uh, locally and around this world, may they receive just generous amounts of donations from this church and from us as we want to see uh, uh, evangelism spread abroad, Lord. May we be generous people. May we cultivate that, Lord, for a blessing awaits us, and we know that, Lord. Um, but first, we thank you for your generosity towards us. So, Jesus, do your thing this morning in our hearts. Would you please work? And we ask in your name, Jesus. Amen.